Here we go! Hey there, my name is Bubba. My name's Anna. And you are tuned in to Church Nerds, a back row morning show. And this show is made possible by listeners just like you and a strong partnership between Back Row Radio and Love Thy Nerd. Just in case this is your first time and you're new with us, I am a founding member of Love Thy Nerd, a ministry that exists to love and serve nerdy neighbors. And I have almost eight years experience in nerd culture missions, as well as over a decade as a professional Christian on church staff. Um, I'm Anna, again. I don't do a lot of things professionally, but I I do do a lot of church things. I said do do. You said do do. <laughs> I am one of our paid child care staff members at our church. Uh, you, yep, and also in so, our house. Yes, partially professional. But all the way paid. Kind of. I think they pay me for like the bleaching and, you know, sanitize, I, sanitization here, like, of things. Home. I know. Yeah, I make sure that I you don't get all of the money here. that I make. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, yes, I homeschool our three kids, and I like to sew. Um, here's something about me. I was thinking we took we could talk about. Okay. Um, as a child, I had a haircut like a boy. Okay. Just to so yeah. Just you because. and every other yeah. I don't know, child. Well, uh, you know, so it's popular on Facebook and probably other places that I'm not online to post a picture of like what girls look like now, <laughs> what I looked like when I was eight. And it's like this super dorky. It's kind of person. one of my favorite posts I on know. the internet right now. Yeah. Well, that is real for me, honestly, but it wasn't my fault. So um, I had a friend which you can't see my air quotes right Heavy now air quotes yeah i think that her parents were someone were a couple that my parents were ministering to or counseling there or something yep. which meant we were hanging out like all the kids were hanging out and getting into all kinds of trouble together and um and the reason i say she was a quote-unquote friend is because she was just straight up mean she was really mean to me um, but she was the one who is like my age. So, you know, you kind of run in pairs with who, whichever kid is your age. Usually yeah, is how it goes. I get it. And, um, one of the things she really enjoyed doing was cutting my hair. Oh, cool. With scissors, not pretend fake scissors and playing salon. It was like <laughs> one time I, w- I, ca- I was crawling under the table. No idea why. Zero context for that. But all of a sudden I felt like. She pulled right at the top of the crown of my head. Okay. A little bit of hair and just snipped it off. Like enough that it was no- noticeable. And kind of, I have really fine hair. And so it's, it just stuck straight up. And <laughs> my aunt did, she had been through some cosmetology school or something. And so she had to kind of correct my haircut, right. which meant evening it all out, which meant... Boy haircut. Oh man, here we go. Like one of those. How short was it? I mean, she didn't buzz like, it. Like no, it wasn't buzzed. It was like almost like a bowl haircut, sorta. Hey. It wasn't a bowl because it was like longer. I'm trying to think of somebody I could compare it with, like, um, um, 
Joyce in Stranger Things, but like not curly. Okay. And um, so I have some I pictures thinking, of myself with the, that haircut. The, the kid from was it, is it the kid from Little Little Rascals? That's the um, is it Little Rascals? Oh, He's, alfalfa. Not alfalfa. No, okay, but uh, does alfalfa work? It, it was alfalfa. Well, I mean, I had the little. I was thinking of the little kid that's the meme who's like, he's got those real big doe eyes and he just, his meme is, yup. You know what I'm talking about? Just, go, just get into uh, get into your keyboard for your Facebook or whatever, search GIFs and yup. Quirky? And it'll come out. Maybe it's quirky. I don't know. Not quirky. Porky. Porky? porky. No, it wasn't porky. Mm. It's, it's not important. If you get in there and look under your GIF keyboard, you'll mm, see exactly okay. what I'm talking about. Well, actually, honestly. Um, maybe the boys from Stranger Things. It was kind of like their haircuts. Yeah. So uh, anyway, the really, the really annoying thing about all of it is that when my hair finally grew out, I was playing in the curtains with the same friend, like we were playing hide and go seek and I felt it again. (laughs) She cut my hair again. In the same place. And I was mad that time. And I cried because it had been somewhat traumatic. Like my brother's friends who were, you know, we just played with neighborhood kids. Not like now where you screen children to be your your kids' friends. Like, no, I don't want you hanging out with that kid. We're going to draw some boundaries. No, it was like, get out of the house, stay out of the house, go play with neighbors. Well, um, they'd be like, Hey, is that your little brother? And they were just turds, man. So, you know, again with the haircutting, again, like having to correct it. And my aunt was like, Anna, what? why do you keep letting her do this? And I was like, I'm not letting her do this. She, I, she didn't ask me. She just did it. And she's like, what did you do? And I'm like, no, like cry? Nothing. I don't know. You're a pacifist. And she's yeah, like, if absolutely. she does this again, punch her. <laughs> and I and my mom didn't say anything. She was like, I was like, am I am I allowed to do that? Because usually they were trying to get me to not punch people. I right. was scrappy, and um, apparently that was fine. Well, your aunt went on to found a an MMA dojo. So yeah, she was the Texas flyweight grappling champion. So, yeah. so that's cool. she that's she took what she said to you into <laughs> practice with other people, and yeah, it kind of worked out for her. Hey, so I'm gonna show you, and then we'll just put like this is the kid that I was thinking of. Oh, this that's is from not, Dennis the Menace. Yeah, I was gonna say that was definitely it's the, it's not the scared little, little kid, and it's yep, not yup, yep. yep. <laughs> And it's of. so good. I, I use it for a lot of things. I really do. Um, it's just so great. And this kid, he's a little bit cross-eyed. And so it just, it makes it so much better. I, I mean, know. It's just such a good one. Yeah. Um. Well, hey, haircuts aside, you you have a little something here, yay? Yeah. Yep. Um. Well, I, I think I have too many things, actually. Okay. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pare it down. Okay, so... I was trying to, we were watching Good Mythical Morning and um, they were playing this like, guess what's on Kickstarter thing? Um, Can you spot the fake? Like, was this a real Kickstarter campaign or not? And I was like, oh, that'd be fun. Except, so I went to Kickstarter because like, (laughs) we can do a game like that. We cannot do a game like that because I, number one, 
I can't think of fake ones. I can't, <laughs> I can't think of fake Kickstarter campaigns. Um, mostly, I was completely like overwhelmed by Kickstarter. Okay. I did find some interesting things. Right. And so I kind of wanted to just talk about some of the weirder things that I found on there. Okay. So th you're probably going to, this is going to be like an actual game that you can play here with me. Or if you don't want to play it or you just want to talk about it, it's fine. If you ever wanted to turn it into a game, my Kickstarters, like I look at showerheads. Yeah, is, I did see a showerhead. Okay. I look at uh, board games. Obvi. There are a lot of those. Right. And I also look at like laptop accessories. So if it's anything outside <laughs> of that. You're dude, not going to know the, what it is. The sky is the limit for me. Well, I mean, I found, yeah, I found a few things that were of note to me, which you probably didn't see because they were not in the areas apparently that you look. Although, I mean, there is the shower, the shower thing. Here's something that I thought you would particularly enjoy, which is um, Chuami fermenting jars for Ugh. just fermenting all the things, whatever you wanna ferment. You wanna ferment some corn and jicama? Fermenting jar. <laughs> you wanna you wanna ferment cauliflower and roses? Mm -hmm. Done. Mm -hmm. You wanna ferment some um, tomato and garlic? Then, uh, you know, there, there's a thing for that. And I think they sell them in like these little kits. My mind. Yeah, well, so fermented things are really good for your gut health. Ew, gross. Okay, we're talking like kombucha here. Like, yeah, ugh. that kind of stuff. I don't know. I'm not here for that. Well, sorry. How about a who knew coffee cup that fits in your pocket? A who knew? Who knew? H U N U. Who knew? It is 5,653% funded, by the way. What is it? Okay, so you know those little, like, collapsible dog bowls? Yeah. And Tupperware sold some of those, too. It, it's that, but it's a coffee cup. It's so a coffee cup? You can't put it in... Here's what's deceptive. Can you not put hot you stuff in it? You can't put a full cup of coffee in your pocket, but you once you're done drinking your coffee or you're getting ready oh, to go to Starbucks, okay. you can collapse the thing, put Obvi. it in your pocket, yeah. and then have it. I'm guessing to, it's like silicone? Yeah. Okay. Some, it, it would appear Obviously, so. it's not a ceramic collapsible cup. Yeah. Well, no, it's not. That would be cool if it was, but mm. that's, that, that's hot one to that hold. could have been fake. A collapsible <laughs> ceramic coffee cup. We'll bank that one. Um, I didn't actually research this enough because I'm kind of curious. It was more a, a, an actual. I'm interested in this product thing. Okay. You know how nerdy I am about like cleaning supplies and appliances. I researched yes. them quite extensively. Yeah. Well, you're part of the problem by saying you know how nerdy I am about cleaning supplies. Like, well, I geek out about cleaning. I, it, I'm, it's a, true. I'm a cleaning it's supplies true. geek. Ugh, stop. Am I allowed to say it about toilet brushes? Because that's what <laughs> that's what this is. The flush brush evolution in toilet cleaning. Okay. Which I need to go research further. Also, here's one. Seasons sparkling, sparkling water for the arts. I don't know what that means. Neither did I. <laughs> and apparently, it's specifically it's like for Lacroix, but with classic art on the can, so that we can all enjoy art together. So the stuff on the inside is just sparkling water. Just sparkling water. The stuff on the outside presented with contemporary art. Oh well, then hmm. yeah, excellent. Here is one that Those I thought. 
If you if you're drinking sparkling water, it doesn't matter what's on the outside of the can. Would you have thought that that was a real thing? No. How about this one? Make 100 mouth trumpet tunes. 100 individually created mouth trumpet songs. Each one made special just for you. Oh. But how would you know it was made special for you? How would you know that that person didn't make that mouth trumpet song for someone else and then just sell you the same one? I would get a certificate of authentication. <sighs> well, right? You Isn't that how you do still, it? Still, that one got fully funded. By I'm the sure way, sure did. What was its funding goal? Six dollars. No, uh, probably six hundred dollars or five hundred dollars, some somewhere in there. Six hundred forty-four dollars raised or pledged. Mouth trumpet. How about this one? The smell of streetlights. Start over. Vegan candles, scents designed by a young perfumer, inspired by streetlights. So this is we we have a friend who has. Um, This is Serenity by Jan, by the way. Yes, it is. One hundred percent, it is. <laughs> um, we have a friend who who experiences a form of synesthesia. It's even a hard word for me to say synesthesia. So it's it's like who? when Aaron, Just tell me later. Who? Aaron, warm beer, warm beer. Yeah. So you know, we were talking about um, you know when she. She associates people with numbers, and I know you're like, oh, yo, enneagram. Well, the way that she, the Arianagram, is different from the enneagram. So, like, what she would say is a four might be different than what the enneagram says because her personal synesthesia,、uh, you know, associates a person with a different number. Is this pheromones or something? You would have to ask her. Maybe it's pheromones. We we、is、were experiencing like, this you, over text. Is this so? You recognize a certain person by their smell because you have a memory associated with、People、it. People type. Because I, so, like the bad guys are always. They all smell a certain way. It, well, I don't know that you can necessarily smell characters in a book, but wait, what? Yeah,、okay. so like it's just like people types the same way、and、that she and she just imagines what they smell like. This has nothing to do with the scent. I know that you're 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 stuck on scent right now because you were just talking about the smell of streetlights. I thought street we were、lights. talking about scent. I'm trying to draw this all together. Okay? okay, so this that's the same to me. You know, her associating people with numbers as associating scents with streetlights. Like it doesn't、oh. make sense to me in my brain because when I think of streetlights and scents mixed together, it's not good. It has to be a、I、form of synesthesia. Like, It has to. Streets don't smell that good to me. No, they don't. Cigarettes, smoke, and maybe that's some of the stuff that's in the the、things. candles. Who knows? We'll get a couple. We'll tell、Yee. you. Uh, well,、Which、they raised a, a lot of money. But wait, maybe that's the wrong one. I was looking at the wrong one. I don't. Which one do you want to get? None, zero. None of them. No, thank you. Um, this one is not going to surprise you, but I thought you would enjoy this. Snow White Zombie Apocalypse Number One and Two. Snow White awakens to Prince Charming's kiss twenty-eight days later. Yes, she does. Yes, she does. Is this a, is a graphic novel? Yes. Okay. Uh, I think it is. I might. How much is it? I don't.、Uh, it's not important. I'll, I'll I'll find out later. This was an interesting one. Is called. Oh no! I'm late to the MCR concert, and I have an extra ticket. A TTRPG about trying to get an MCR concert. Oh no! To get to an MCR concert. Okay, I'm just gonna guess what all these mean. While also finding a date along the way. Okay, so TTRPG, tabletop RPG, MCR, My Chemical Romance. Yeah. 
Of、yeah. course, it is. Trying to get a trying to get a date to the My Chemical Romance concert. A board game about that. This is tabletop RPGs in a nutshell. Hey, do you have a scenario? Let's make an RPG about it. Yeah, you can make a game about anything.、Yeah. How about this? It's called To Live, a deck of cards with one simple rule: appreciate those you have lost, those still here,、mm. and yourself. And the logo looks like that. That is a terrible logo. It's one of the projects they love. Of course, it is. So sounds very positive. You know, it's dealing with grief and ungrief because it reminds me of that. Or maybe the grief of this person still being around. It reminds me of a game that I will not say the name of that somebody sent us one time. Oh, you can say it. Quotes and verses. That's the one. Yeah, I mean that. I haven't heard anything else from that person or that developer since that game came out.、Hmm. So.、Yeah. Okay. How about this one? It's called Three Legged Tales, a forty-page comic collection featuring one-panel tales of my three-legged dog Rusty. Little brother. Little brother. Yeah, I was like, it's real. <laughs> it's real.、Something、oh man, what a what a strong bad callback right there. Yeah. Little brother. I specifically chose that one because of that. Also, there's a lot of music on Kickstarter.、Uh, Tons of it. Really, there's more things on Kickstarter. Yes. How about a your, debut? Was this your first time on Kickstarter? Yes, it was my first. Thank you very much. <laughs> like you're just going crazy right now. How about an album from a band called? The Minstrel Cramps. <laughs> <laughs> oh man,、I、we'll thought... let you figure out all of the the puns in that、mm-hmm. on your own time. Um, this was a chess game. No, a small game that will rival chess. It has just as much strategy spelled with two A's. Um, though it is more easier to grasp than chess, and it's、more、children、easier. friendly. Okay. And more easier. That's what it says. Yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> And okay, so the picture of it is a piece of fabric that they've sharpied. Well, it's probably it's, this is a prototype. Well, it's probably a prototype. They got to get funded, and then they'll make the real game. Well, it's go- not going well、mm-hmm. because they've had two dollars funded from two different people. Perf. Well, that's when you when you allow people to back your game at a dollar. Like this is kind of what you you might run into. Yeah. How many more days left in the? Ah,、uh, that's not part of my screenshot. I missed、uh, okay. that one. Sorry. Not, okay, that's fine. But well, if hey, you'd like to look it up, it's called Airs with it like H, like heirs heirs of、uh, an estate. Yeah,、uh, we'll put it in the show notes. Why not? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm、uh, glad you had a chance to get on Kickstarter. Yes. If I pulled up. If, if I pulled up the things that I've backed on Kickstarter, it's longer than the list that you pulled up. Oh yes, of、Which、things that you found, found on Kickstarter. I found many things that I've heard you talk about that are like really popular、mm-hmm. on Kickstarter, like、oh, yeah. um, Wonderland Wars and Wonderland's War. W- s- s- sorry, <laughs> I don't want to be the actually guy, but it's yeah, Wonderland's I, War. Yeah. I haven't played it. I guess I, it's I, not out yet. So it's not I, out yet. Yeah, well, but you will. I know I will. I know I'm aware. <laughs> anyway, that's all I've got. I just that was my little adventure on Kickstarter, everyone. Awesome. Well, hey, if you guys get a chance, go check out some of those things on Kickstarter. If not, no big deal.、Uh, it's kind of a, a big world. So we cannot vouch for anything. None of them. None of those products. Um, and be responsible while you're on Kickstarter. Tell you what, why don't you back it? You tell us how it is, how 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 it all shakes out. Mm-hmm. Tell us how the minstrel cramps are, <laughs> or don't. I would be okay with not also <laughs> not sharing that. 
Well, hey, we'll be back at the top of the hour to talk about what is truth and how to share it right here on Back Row Radio. Welcome back to Church Nerds. I'm Bubba. I'm Anna. And today we are talking about truth. truth. I didn't know you were going to do that. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> oh man, that made me feel weird. Oh, I thought we were going to do a fun bit. Well, this is the bit it's like, now. It's a morning show. We usually, have to be exciting. Usually when you do a bit, like you talk to the other person about the bit. I wanted you to have the experience everyone else has. You are not the only person that has done that to me. <laughs> Matt Warmbier loves to try and do that to me. And I have the same reaction when he does it. Uh, mainly because like I'm reading off of notes. And so like when I'm going through things, I, I it you throw off my groove. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely derailed. But what is truth? What is, what is what truth? What is truth? Um, hey, you know what? Dictionary.com defines truth as not false. Well, I don't take my truth from dictionary.com. That's the internet. I need a hard copy of a dictionary. More or nothing. Ba- yeah, just dictionary, but cut.com off of the right. end of it. Yeah. Yeah. More and more people are actually getting their information from Wikipedia. Yes. These days. Yeah. Which, when I was in high school, you were not actually allowed to do that. Wiki is a pretty, I mean, a lot of people recognize it as a generally reliable. You can cite it now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy. Because they because people have to cite their sources to be yeah. on Wiki, I guess. Not saying that Used there's not to. probably some, some garbage on there. But. If, you had, if you had an account for Wikipedia, you <clears throat> could just get in there and change whatever you want. Mm-hmm. They must have they decided. Well, that's good. Like that, well, that would be like. What did UrbanDictionary.com say? We are not even going to get into that. <laughs> not even a little bit. Well, I think that Urban Dictionary, I think that it used to be that Wikipedia was sort of seen as the encyclopedia version of like Urban Dictionary. Right. Yeah. But n- no longer the case. Well, we have to go to places like Dictionary.com because I don't have a traveling, you know. Uh, there is a dictionary on that shelf right encyclopedia there. Encyclopedia. Britannica? Was that what it was called? The Britannica Encyclopedias. There it is. Yeah. They don't come to my door anymore trying to sell me. But I did not know. I see it now that there's a dictionary over there. But it's kind of, I don't know, all the way over there. And I can just clickety-clack to dictionary.com. the Oxford one. Um, Oh. Not an The comma guys. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The comma guys. Um, But anyway, so like it's dictionary.com defines it as not false, which I think. Not false. Though not wrong. It's kind of hilarious that that's the definition that we have. Like, what is, what does it mean to be true? Uh, uh, not false. I like, and so if you look up the word true, did you try looking up the word true? That's, that's it. You know, no, so like, but, 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 I'm sorry. If you look up the word false, did you try looking up the word no, false? No, I did Was not. Like not true. It might, my guess is that yes, it would be not, not, not true. true. Untrue. I'm going to look it up. I'm going to look, but only of. on dictionary.com because, because we need to be consistent here. Okay. So as you're doing that, like there, there were several definitions that, you know, 
not false, notwithstanding. But there, there were several definitions for the word true, which is the root word for the word truth. And the interesting thing is that of all of those definitions, go ahead. Yes, number not, one, not, not false, not true. Oh, not true, not true. There or you correct. go. Or yeah, there er- you go. Erroneous. <laughs> well, thank you, Dictionary.com. Yes, um, for being consistent, if nothing else. Of the several definitions for the word truth or true, not a single one of them used the word subjective. Like every single one of them pointed towards this is either it is it or is not. Absolutely. It yeah, it is the opposite of is not kind of a deal. You know, like this truth is definitive. It wasn't like, well, there's some gray areas. Mm-mm. It doesn't speak of anything like that. Um, and you can go to dictionary.com or any you know, dictionary of your choice, really, um, Oxford, if if you're into that kind of thing. Merriam-Webster. That's the one that we used to use all the time mm-hmm. was Webster. Still one of my favorites, by the way. I like it. I like it. Webster defines wedding as the fusing of two hot metals, <laughs> um, yeah, as Michael Scott used to say. Um, Lots of office quotes today. We, we, we do. We li- so we live in a world, right, where... It's, it's a world of two truths. And that's kind of what we want to get down to the nitty gritty of today. So we say that we are sharing truth. What is it that we're actually trying to say? And I think before we do that, um, we need to understand and define what truth is before we can actually share it. So um, the two truths are this, your truth and my truth. You share your truth with me. Yes, I, can. I would you share my share truth. My... Yeah. Um, so we can draw the same conclusion, or you and I, Anna, can, can draw two different conclusions about the same thing. So like you and I can witness something, and your interpretation is going to be different than mine in any given situation or scenario. And we can actually see that, honestly, in the Gospels. We have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Um, you know, Matthew, Matthew, Mark, and John, uh, I'm sorry, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, those, those three gospels have a lot of the same things in them, but almost from different perspectives in mm-hmm. some ways. And we're not going to get down into the nitty gritty. Just go read the gospels. Hey, how about that? Just start there and read the gospels. This week. Um, that's your homework for today. Yes. Tell us how it went. But you will see that some of the things are like from different different angles because you have different people giving you their not even interpretation it's not an interpretation yet it's just how do they experience those things that happened and we see that with truth because each one of those books we believe as christians each one of those gospels we believe to be truth we don't we don't believe that just because one says something that's slightly differing from the other one that we throw that one out and we keep this one we see them as part of like a woven tapestry that when put together, we see a larger picture of how God reveals himself to his people mm-hmm. um, and how he comes in. So um, the, even that we can call subjective truth. It's not that I'm completely misinterpreting the thing that is happening or I'm changing it to mean something else, which a lot of times subjective truth can be that. But it can also be that, that this is how the truth was presented subject to me. Mm-hmm. 
So you have these two different things, Jeff, subjective and objective. So objective is going to be, it is just flat true. Like the objective truth in the story may be Jesus. Jesus was the one who came and did these things. Um, the, uh, the subjective part of it may be, well, this is, this is what I saw him do from my vantage point, or this is what we experienced him do when he came to our area. So there is a little bit in you know, the, the changing of how the story kind of goes and the motion that it goes through, but the objective truth remains the same. We get derailed when we kind of separate subjective and objective truth um, completely. Like there is nothing that holds them together. The objective truth we take and we throw out completely. Like it just, it doesn't exist anymore. There is nothing that is the same. There is no constant. Everything, all truth is subjective truth. This is why we have things like, um, you know, a, a person can win a court case because they broke their arm while trying to rob your house in the middle of the night. Like that is an actual thing that has happened. A, bur a burglar has injured themselves and then sued a person who owned the house and won the court case. Or um, last night I was watching The Incredibles and there's that part where he rescues that guy who's trying to jump from a building and Absolutely. he breaks his back and they're like, you're the worst. My client didn't want to be saved. Yep. I thought about that too. Like, like people, not necessarily people who have signed a DNR, do not resuscitate, but if you do CPR correctly, chances are very high you're going to crack somebody's ribs or something like that from the pressure that you have to yes. put on them um, to keep their heart beating. And the plaintiff in those cases has won before because they get injured or whatever. And it's like you throw out the objective truth of you're still alive and I did the things I needed to do to keep you alive. Are you not the the Samaritan law thing, the good Samaritan yeah. law doesn't protect you nah. from that? No, it, it goes like this. You shouldn't have been in my house anyways, robber. And they say, well, yeah, well, but I was, and I broke my arm, so so now I'm going to sue you for having a messy you got house. That, you got that homeowner's insurance, bro. Absolutely. They kind of see an angle, and then they go for it. And then, boom, judgment to the plaintiff and the amount of one confused world. Because it doesn't make sense. It doesn't, it doesn't compute why something like that would be allowed to go through. Well, yeah, it's when you... How a partial truth can be a whole lie. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, so our kids, they'll be screaming and we'll come back and be like, what is going on? And then it's like, <gasps> he punched me. And it's true that he did punch whoever. Oh, absolutely. 100%. But what isn't. That's stated. the objective truth. Yes. What is not stated is the name calling or the taking of a toy or the continuing to sing the same line of a song after you've been asked to stop over and over and over again or you know all of all of that stuff is left out and so you know yes it's all it's all part of the truth i think too um when we're talking about subjective truth is um we treat we value emotions very highly in our culture um at this point in time and you'll hear a lot of like i f i feel like this and that i f well i feel like 
whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. And feelings are not. We want we want our feelings to be validated. And I certainly don't want to just throw out the baby with the bathwater here. Right. That feelings matter and God gave us emotions and all of these things. But when we treat true, when we interpret truth or what is true or what isn't true based on our feelings, um, that's it's just not reliable. Oh, no. And so and that that happens a lot. It's like. If the truth is going to hurt somebody, then we need to find a different truth. Oh, yeah. That one's not going to work for us. And so um, that is hard. And I, and I know, too, that it's like when we're talking about feelings, you really have to, you, you interpret situations. Like if you, if you come across something, something can look a certain way to you. Because it's based on what you came into that situation thinking or what you know about that person already or something like whether you assume somebody is being mean or caring or something like that um, is based on what you think about them coming into it. Mm -hmm. And so your evaluation, it has emotion brought into it. And sometimes we have to, when we're talking about truth especially in hard conversations like what we're going to talk about, like sometimes we have to step back out of emotion Mm -hmm. and try and maybe reevaluate. Right. And put some different, you know, assume, assume some different things or, or examine our assumptions about stuff because we're going to talk more about like tact and how (laughs) next hour. Yeah. In this segment, we want to kind of just boil down like what is truth, not necessarily how to share it. Once we understand what it is, then it makes it, I don't want to say easier. Easier is the wrong word because it's its never just easy to share truth. It can be easier, but it's never just going to be all the way easy to it's share. It's easy to share truth if it's a palatable truth. Oh, like, yeah. I really like that dress on you. Well, Debatable. But if somebody's yeah. like, "Do you like this dress on me?" and right. the answer is no, you always say that's yes. Not easy. You always say yes. <laughs> I know that. I'm not getting trapped again. So we have this this idea of of subjective truth, and we like to throw around the phrase, or maybe it's thrown around to you. Well, that may be true for you, but it's not true for me. And in the realm of religion, that's the number one argument. What's true for you may not be true for somebody else. I'm glad that you found something in your religion, but I can't, I can't get there. And I can't accept that that's the only. Right. And especially with Christianity. Mm-hmm. Like we, we, throw a lot, we throw around a lot of stuff, um, you know, but let's look, at a, a, let's look at a concept of objective truth for just a second. And what I want to do is kind of help us understand that even objective truth can be subjective for certain people. Because a lot of times the argument that I find myself in with Christians and non-Christians alike is this idea of, well, this is flat out truth. That there are still people who for whatever reason cannot see or identify that as truth. So let's take for instance this, this, this idea of objective truth, which is the opposite of subjective in in that it is usually provable 
Um, and it's undeniable fact, uh, most of the time, anyway, it is. That's kind of the basic definition that we can use for objective truth. So let's take, for instance, you look at the color red. And we're going to use just red as a general thing. Could be any color, but this is one of the primaries. So we're going to pick up red here. Happens to be Anna's favorite color. It is my favorite color. It is objectively her favorite color. You could not argue against her that it's not her favorite color. You couldn't win. <laughs> okay, you get, you're right, I could. I could sue you, but I, could, I probably wouldn't win. Um, so you have this color red. I can take a picture of it. I can pop that picture into Photoshop. I can analyze the color data, and I can tell you that it is mathematically The Pantone... Red. I, yeah, I can give you Whatever. that. I can give you the hex number. I can give you the Pantone. I can give you the hue, like all that stuff. I just wanted to say that word. You want to say Pantone? Yeah. You did it, babe. Proud of you. <laughs> I can give you the mathematical information for red so that you on your end could plug that number into Photoshop and get the exact same color. And you and I have decided that color is called red. We have been conditioned as a people that that color is red. In any language across the world, that is red. So I can also do that. That's just, that's pixels, right? So that's, we'll say that that's the way that like light is working, okay? Let's move to the other end of the spectrum. Let's, let's look at the, um, uh, what is it called? The pigment for paint, okay? So I can take the same thing. I can take a paint chip or something printed out that has the red on it that I want, a true nice red, I can take it to the paint counter at our favorite hardware store and I can say, hey, mix me this color. And they can mathematically go and plug it into the software and give me that color. And they'll try and talk you out of painting your wall with that because don't ever will. paint your wall red. Well, it's hard to paint back over again. We'll see. So they, they're going to do that. And most of the time they're going to get it right. I understand that mixing paint is actually a hard job. Like, Sometimes you can, you can mess it up. I get that. But if everything is done correctly, I can get that color red. I can tell them, I could even just say, hey, I want red and give them no other instruction than that. And they will give me a bucket of red paint. And I will look at that paint and go, yes, that is red. And the computer will say, hey, we gave you red. So that is kind of an objective truth that we can look at and say, this color is red. We're not going to get into is the red that I see the same red that you see? Like that's that's not even a conversation no. for another time. <clears throat> that is a rabbit hole. Yeah. That I love to talk about, no, but we're not going to go I down. Don't love talking about. We're that. not going to go down that. So we can we can kind of agree that red is <clears throat> red, and you may disagree with me. And honestly, again, I'm not getting into that conversation. But the idea that we as as a people see red as red. Right? We can kind of agree on, on the idea that mm. red is objectively red. Red is red. Red is red. Well, what if I asked someone who suffered from red-green colorblindness to identify the color red or even just ask them to explain it to me? When I say red, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Now, I have, I have plenty of friends that suffer from red-green colorblindness or some form of colorblindness that cannot natively, with their own eyes, see the color red they can probably tell you things they've heard about it like blood is red yeah uh, it's bright question mark can it be bright can makes, be dark whatever represents anger yeah they can kind of boil some of that stuff down <clears throat> for you um 
They might even be able to guess red, like if you had an apple in front of them or a rose or something Some else. Some other context clue. Something else that they've been conditioned to know is red. If mm-hmm. I put that in front of them, they could say, oh, that's red right there. And you could be a jerk and you could trick them. You could put a different color rose in front of them or a, a green apple or something like that and go, ha, gotcha. But what they're going to do is they're going to say, my brain associates red with apple. Mm-hmm. That that's red. Yeah. Kind of like stepping out on faith almost that that apple is going to be red because of what they understand mm-hmm. about apples in general. Right. Now, we all know that there are different colored apples. We're not getting into that. I'm talking just your base run of the mill red apple. Red delicious. Red delicious. Which are Ooh. not actually delicious. They're not. Mm, nope. <laughs> They're not even at all. Um, could they pick out a red block out of a line? Of other similar blocks of shape and size. Mm-hmm. Or like the red paint chip out of whatever. Other paint chips. Yes. People who are colorblind would be able to say they could they could narrow it down, right? Because they can see other colors. They can see other Process colors. Of elimination. But what they're going to see is they're gonna see a shade of gray mm-hmm. on that color. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I'm not saying that they couldn't. I'm not saying it's an impossibility. They, they can see it and they can guess it, but they're not seeing it for what it is. Right. So this would be extremely difficult because what you and I see as red, they actually see as gray. Um, even sometimes some things that we consider as like empirical truths can be misinterpreted as something else. Of somebody who might want to. I'm looking. You you want me to find the red block? I want to find that red block too. But I cannot see it the way that you see it. Um, we can't change that. Everybody sees the world through their own lens, and so do we as Christians. And the lens that we see things through is a John 14, 6 lens as far as truth goes. Um, and I'm talking... I'm not even painting with a very broad brush of Christianity. I'm saying, if you are a Christian, you call yourself a Christian, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I, I don't just go to church on Sundays and give my 10%, but like Jesus Christ is the Lord of my life. I believe in who he is and his death and resurrection. And one day I'm going to get to reign with him forever. Like if this, you take all of that, and you boil it all down, these are the things that we believe as Christians. John 14, 6 is a driving force for that. Because what this does is this helps us shape our understanding for what truth is. And if you haven't already looked it up or you don't know what it is, John 14, 6 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father but through me. And them's red letters, friends. Like those, That's Jesus speaking. So red letter Bibles, just real quick. <laughs> Never thought about, are there like, you know that you can get a whole bunch of different things that are red, green, color, blind, friendly. Oh, here we go. Are there some yeah. red letter color blind person friendly Bibles? I would have to believe that there are because specifically in the realm of board games, they have a lot of color blind friendly pieces and colors, which drive me bananas. Because it'll say red and then it'll be like an orange or something like that or yeah. like a pink or whatever. Um, but they're colorblind friendly pieces. So I have to imagine that there is a colorblind friendly 
you know, whatever uh, Bible out there red for red letter Bible, red letter edition. But as Christians, not to bury the lead here, um, we have defined what truth is. And it's not even like we've gone out and made our own definition. Like it's right there in scripture, what our truth is. So each one of us that claim the truth of Jesus can point to any number of things as evidence for that specific truth. And if you can't, there's something that needs to be done in your life. If you if you claim that truth verbally, but then can't point to something that says that that truth is true in your own life, then there's something that you need to do about that. But how how do we turn our testimonies, which is just the fancy Christian word for personal story, how do we turn our testimonies into something that other people can use to understand and accept this truth as their own? Because that's the hard part, right? There is, there is a very very popular deconstruction going out right now on the internet. We mentioned Good Mythical Morning earlier. Um, the creators of Good Mythical Morning, the hosts, Rhett and Link, are being very vocal about their de- the deconstruction of their faith right now and their belief system. Are we calling it apostasy yet? Um, you could label it anything you want to. I, I don't want to put that. That's a very negative thing to put on it. Um, I will just say that they're not Christians, mm-hmm. and they will also say that as well. I'd encourage you guys to go and listen to it. They have a podcast out there called Ear Biscuits, and you can go and, and listen to their their two episodes. Rhett has one and Link has one. But they talk about a lot of ways that they try to make sense of the God of the Old Testament, God of the New Testament, evolution, all these things, like all this stuff that's just swirling around in their life. And these are these are guys that were professional Christians, you know? I mean, I understand being a professional Christian and some of the some of the things that it creates where you can't ask questions or you can't work through things. You just you either have to accept it or you don't. And I both understand that and don't understand it at the same time. But these these two guys, they worked for um, the organization Crew, Campus Crusades for Christ, is what it used to be called. And they were going through a whole bunch of stuff. And it wasn't because of that organization or really anything specific. It was just the way that they processed information about what was and was not true. And at the end of the day, it all boils down to a faith aspect. Mm -hmm. Do you have faith that Jesus is who he says that he is? And I don't want to say like, regardless of the things that you find out or the the experiences you have or the truth that is shown to you, like, I'm not going to get into all that. But at the end of the day, you have to either have faith or you don't have faith that Jesus is who he says he is. Well, I think, too, that we talked about this and how so. For one thing, even the things that we think are true are not true. Most of us are not actually scientists we are not actually we haven't walked on the moon we haven't um we're not like you and i personally or no just america in general you and i personally it is a a a conspiracy theory that's out there there is a conspiracy theory about that yes um we have we're not we are not personally bible scholars who know both greek and hebrew or Right. Everything about the culture that everything was written to, 
um, we do not personally know everything about DNA or, you know, right. any, a lot of these things that it's like that people will cite as being evidence against, you know, what we believe to be truth. And the fact of the matter is we, we take something on faith. One way or the other, we take something on faith. And so even if somebody comes to me, I, I don't want to make it sound like we want people to be ignorant. No. But specifically in my case, um, there have just been some things that have happened in my life yep. as a direct result of prayer um, that I cannot, I cannot explain them away. No. Um, and to try to explain them away would be... Be kind of. I I think it would be foolish. Like yeah. I think it would be straight up dumb to accept to accept the argument of someone coming at me and being like, "Well, what you believe is fake," because all of these other things that I sure. you know I don't know where they got that information. I didn't see that information for myself. But what I have seen is when God has stepped into my world and said. Hello, here I am, yeah. and I am real. I am as real as the nose on your face. Whether we necessarily needed to know that or not. Right. A lot of times with you and I specifically, we don't, we're not saying, Lord, if you're real, please do this thing. And I know that that's a legitimate prayer that some people have some people, on a daily right. basis. And if that's you, I, I am genuinely praying that God reveals himself to you. And, and, it's, and, he, and he can and he does do that for people. You know, because as I was thinking through this, you said, you know, you recommended people go and listen to this. I don't know that I would recommend it just That's because fair. it was hard. It was hard for me to listen to. I didn't enjoy it. Um, I, I myself struggle with doubt sometimes. Um, and that's part of, you know, what God has been walking with me, you know, and, um, and so some of these, some of the things that I'm talking about have happened really recently where, God has relieved, I guess, for mm -hmm. lack of a better word, some of just taken away some of that doubt by proving himself to me in a physical way. Yeah, absolutely. And um and so in that case, I sometimes I feel like I'm like I'm doubting Thomas, you know? Yeah. And the whole thing about Thomas is that it's like, would it be better to believe without seeing? Yes, it would be better to believe without seeing. But Thomas needed to see. And so Jesus was like, okay, yeah, here you go. Like, I, and Thomas wanted, he wanted to see Jesus. He wanted Jesus to be the Messiah. He wanted all of those things. And that was the truth he was looking for. He just needed a little help. Absolutely. And so Jesus was like, okay. And, and so sometimes I feel like that's what it, God has done for me. And, and that has happened. That has happened. And so for me at this point to be like, no, you're probably right. Yeah. God probably isn't real or he's probably completely different than what we thought he was. And, you know, all this Jesus stuff is not true. And all of those things would be ridiculous mm -hmm. to me. To me, it would be ridiculous because directly God has proven himself to me. Right. And so it would be, yeah, I would just be dumb. Well, then you have, you know, the rets of the world who say, you have a testimony, and that's really great, but that does nothing for me. And I, and we can't. You can't. Can't make. You can't. You cannot. 
they, they talk about it, how you can lead a, ho- a horse to water and you can't make him drink. Um, that, that's the kind of situation where it's like, they know, they know what they know. Yeah. And there's nothing that I could say that they don't know. Well, and this is just chosen. This is the true mystery else. of faith journeys and the gospel and s- scripture and t- time and everything that is wrapped up in this is that you have Lee Strobel's of the world who seek to prove the Bible wrong mm-hmm. and end up coming to faith in the midst of it. Mm-hmm. And then you have Rhett McLaughlin's of the world who seek, seek to, to find God right. and prove it right and end up becoming what he considers himself to be a hopeful agnostic, that he just can't believe the things are true. I think that, I don't know, I'm a big proponent of, you know, spirituality is very strange and it's, you know, things are just not always as they seem. And I think in cases like Rhett's, um, we talked about this, that it's like, well, are you looking for truth? You think you're looking for truth. Are you looking for truth? Right. Are you looking for knowledge? Yeah. And just knowing things that you need to be able to pick it apart and understand everything. Right. And that we just are never going to, even if we wanted to, yeah. we will never no human being is capable of understanding any, like, with or without God. Sure. The universe would be completely, we would not be able to understand it. Well, that was the, the main difference between, like, Christianity and Gnosticism. You know, mm, Paul even sure. talks about this. You can read, um, you know, in Galatians, he he's talking specifically about Gnosticism. Like, hey, I came and I taught you this, and you're so quickly turning to these other things that are coming through. Which, I mean, it's it, it, that yeah. is exactly, because when he was like, you guys have got to shut these things down. Yeah. Like, if you find out that people are pursuing this quest of knowledge over truth. Yeah. Um, that that's, we can't do that. Absolutely. Um, so um, we're going to take a quick break here and we could keep talking, but we don't want to run over. We want to be you know respectful of your time and want to get you guys, you know, some, some sweet tunes here on back row radio. So we're going to come back uh, at the top of the hour. And when we do, we're going to talk about some strategies for how you can share the truth that we've just talked about. So stay tuned right here. Back row radio. Well, we're back with more of Church Nerds, and today we're talking about um, sharing truth, I guess is the best way that I can put it. I don't have a catchy title or phrase or anything, but in the last segment, we talked about what is truth. The difference between subjective and objective and how sometimes objective can be subjective because really everything is viewed through somebody else's lens. So just because we believe something to be true, just because we can prove something to be true doesn't always mean that it's going to be interpreted as truth by another person. So in this hour, on this segment, what we want to do is we want to talk about some of the strategies, three main strategies that we have for sharing truth with other people, and specifically the truth of Jesus Christ. And again, if you're listening and you're not a Christian, I don't know how you got here. I hope you're having a good time. Um, Thanks for hanging out with us. 
But we are going to be talking about the truth that Jesus Christ is who he says he is. John 14, 6, mentioned this in the last segment. Jesus says that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. So this is the truth that we're going in. And I hope that you don't hear us say this in any kind of closed mind way or um, you know, hoity-toity, I have the answer and you don't or anything like that. It's just, this is the truth that we have. This is the truth that we cling to. This is the truth that is very true. In our, it's all the way true. It is an objective truth in our lives. And I always hold to um, Penn of Penn and Teller. He, he has a famous quote about when somebody was came to one of his shows, they brought him a Bible. He's, you know, like a world-renowned atheist. Um, but he had somebody who came to his show once and brought him a Bible, knowing all that, still brought him a Bible and said, hey, man, I just, I just wanted you to have this. Um, and he said that that was huge for him because even though he didn't believe the stuff, Penn didn't believe it, that guy did, and he believed it enough to give it to Penn. He thought it was important enough to share that with him. And he, Penn said, I respect that because really, if you think about it, how much do you have to hate somebody to have truth and not share it with them? And so like for me, at the crux of everything that I do in some way, shape or form, like that's always lingering in the back of my mind. It's not always in the forefront of my mind, but it's in the back of my mind or the middle or the front, it doesn't matter. Do I love this person enough to share this with them? It's going to be hard. It may take time. It may be whatever, but like, do I love this person enough? I would say that, you know, with many evangelism techniques, um, this concept comes into play and this is kind of the redeemable part of that. Sure. Um, I know that we've talked about this example before of like, you know, if you know someone's house is burning down, you're not just going to knock on the door and be like, hey, um, you know, I just wondered if you might be interested right. in kind of stepping out here with me since your house is burning down. And sure. then they're going to be like, oh, no, I, I don't, I, I'm not comfortable doing that. I think I'd rather just stay here. And right. you say, okay, no, you're going to beat the door down and you're going to drag that person out kicking and screaming if they want, right. you know, if they don't want to. Um, what a wonderful <clears throat> analogy for evangelism, by right. the way. Yeah, <clears throat> but that's what, I mean, that. Put that in a kid's coloring book. Sure. Um, but I think that, that this concept, though, is like if you have balcony and basement of a concept, this would be the balcony. It's like that you care about that person, that you value their life and their soul. And so at any cost, you want to sure. share truth with them. But then the, the basement of it is the ethical, yeah, the ethical evangelism concept that it's like, you know what? God does let people say no to him. Oh, he does. 100% he does. And so we we cannot try to argue. If God is willing to respect that no, then we need to be willing to respect that no as well, you know, in certain instances. That doesn't mean you don't love that person. It doesn't right. mean you don't care about that person. If anything... Like that should be, we talked about relational evangelism and relational missions last week. The relationship is a big, huge part of this because to me, it really kind of makes it seem like you don't care about somebody if you're just there for one, one second and then you're gone the next. Like 
that to me doesn't it doesn't compute in my brain that you care about that person that's to me it's more like i'm commanded and obligated to go and share the gospel and so that's what i'm going to go do but i'm not going to care about any of the people that i'm sharing it with i'm just doing i'm on assignment from god to do the thing that he wants me to do instead of saying god is love just the same way that god is truth like those are those are two words that are used interchangeably for god in scripture like those are those are other names that he is given in scripture love and truth and it, it even tells us that when you share the truth to share it in love not to just go out and drag people out of burning buildings right i mean i think when we turn it into something that's formulaic um if we have an agenda absolutely cuz that's that was the thing about jesus one of the thing, one of the things about Jesus that drove his disciples crazy, absolutely bananas, crazy, because yeah. they're they have an agenda, they have a place that they're going, and say the agenda is we're with Jesus and we're gonna speak to this crowd of people and we're going to heal people and all these things, and these dang kids are getting in the way. Get we're trying, <laughs> we are we're with. We believe he's the Messiah <clears throat> and we have a thing to do and y'all want to play soccer right now Absolutely. or whatever. Yeah. And Jesus is like, bruh, let's play soccer. It's like the, it's like that Geico commercial, our favorite Geico commercial right now, where it's like, it's a normal commercial. And then you see little bits of wood just start coming out of the place. And then they turn around and go, you dang wood chucks, stop chucking that wood. <laughs> like it's, that's what it feels like. It's like those kids and like those, those people or whatever are just little woodchucks that are ruining what, what we're trying to do. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, Jesus, like, oh, Lazarus dies and they're like, we got to go heal Lazarus. And he's like, well, I got to stop and do a couple of things on the way yeah. or um, going to heal a little girl who was on the brink of death yeah. and Jesus stops because you know, for the bleeding woman Absolutely. or whatever. He's, he stops all the time and makes these personal connections yep. that were not on the agenda, where I think when we have an agenda for how we're going to share our faith, we miss those things. So. Yeah, absolutely we do. And, you know, we talked, uh, I think it was last week in our last episode about it's personal. That was our. Right. Yes, that was last week. Yeah, okay. <sighs> It's been, been a long week. Huh? Long week today. And so um, we talked about a couple of things in that book. And one of the things was just to stop. That's one of the things that you can do to make it personal is, is to stop and start with one person. And we see Jesus do that time and time and time again, where when he stops, he's not making deep personal relationships with this, with this person that he's stopping with, but his intentionality is so that it creates an instant connection with that person. Mm -hmm. And I think that there, is, there are times to do long-term, we mentioned this before, mm -hmm. and there are times to do short-term as well. But I think that you can't just be one or the other all the time. Right. You have to be ready for whatever the Spirit is leading you to um, and how you're going to act in that moment. But here's something that you can do. Here, here's a place that you can start. So um, if you haven't been taking notes or if you haven't been taking note of some of the things, maybe just you know bookmark this one right here. Find a common ground with somebody, um, whomever it is that you're talking to or somebody that maybe you want to talk to or if you're just creating a brand new friendship or relationship with a person, find a common ground. Don't try and drag them to your side. 
don't fall headfirst into their side. Try and find a common ground that you two both have. That may not come up immediately. It may be a lot of small talk that happens in the interim while you're getting there. But once you find that common ground, stoke that fire. Don't go, oh, hey, you like that thing? I like that thing. What's your favorite color? You know, don't don't move on from that. Build a relationship off of that common ground because that's going to be somewhere that the both of you can that both of you can really start to move forward in your relationship through that. At LTN, we make that super easy for everyone. We use games and fandoms. So if you can agree or even disagree really on what the best Marvel movie is, you're already like 12 steps ahead of the curve. Yeah, I think um, that even, I mean, there are going to be people who, I guess this, to me, I just feel like this is being a mature human being. Yes. Um, <clears throat> it's easy to, especially on social media, we're very loud about our opinions, very loud and proud. Um, usually we're not so much that way in person, honestly. I mean, some people are, but yeah. most people are a you have to watch somebody's face when you say things and you have to actually have a conversation with them if they disagree with you right. and are and are brave enough to talk about it. <clears throat> Some people are, are trolls. Some people are, are turds. Um, that's why right. if, if you I look think- at like the, some of the guidelines that we have in our Love Down Air community, um, one of them is don't be a turd. Mm-hmm. And then if you also look in back row, their community also don't be a turd like those are if you remove the turd from the situation then you guys can start to have a really good conversation with each other i think essentially don't decide that well if you if you are this way or if you do that this thing then we just can't that i just can't go there you know if it's republican and democrat or whatever it is like I've had relationships in the workplace with people who we had very different opinions. We had very different ways of life, very different values and morals. Sure. Yet we had had great relationships because we both knew where we stood. Um, And I think that we both loved each other. Um, And we had a lot of really good conversations where I think that truth was shared Mm -hmm. and it did not result in those people or that person, you know, being like, oh, yes, I'm going to be at church on Sunday and I'm repenting and, you know, all of these different things. But but I know that truth was shared. Yeah. And and it was done in a way just because it was conversational and just because I didn't come into that relationship being like, oh, that guy is bad or yeah (laughs) or they he likes this thing and that just drives me crazy and so i just don't even want to talk about it you know well so that's the thing is being able to to have civil discourse yeah you know that's why i said even if you disagree on what the best marvel movie is like that's fine it can it's still common ground it's something that you're both passionate about um but dividing lines in the sand do not Just a good relationship make. Don't don't do it. Yeah. Yes. And that leads us to our next topic here, our next our next point. Don't argue. It's not your job 
It is not your job, Christian. I'm going to get real close to the microphone here. Christian, listen to me, please. It is not your job to argue anybody into the kingdom of heaven. Not one single person. God is probably not going to say, well, uh, you, you could have pumped those numbers up if, if you would have added a little bit more guilt. If you, would have, if you would have said this one thing that would have swayed the argument. God does not need us to do that. I think I, I find the, the situations that I find myself wanting to do this is actually when I feel that my values, like that person is somehow insulting God. Right. And if you look at it like that, it's like, well, God is a big boy. He can, he's completely capable of fighting his own battles, let alone like our battles. And so, yes. um, why do I feel the need to be like, to come to his aid and rescue when, I, you know, is it really that I want to come to his rescue or is it that I feel like my values are being questioned and they're making me feel stupid and small and, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, and so that makes it inflames, you know. It's, yeah, absolutely. And then and then suddenly I'm not rational anymore and I'm not the person to have that conversation. I am now oh, no. incapable. If you, okay. Here's the thing. You get worked up right now. I can yeah. see it in your face. <laughs> if you're online and there's a conversation happening and all of a sudden your mind is humming and a thousand different things are popping into your mind and you start typing it out and it's getting really long. and Yeah, keyboard warrior. Because you, you feel really strongly about this, shut it down. Just walk oh, away. Yeah. Walk away because... Not because those people don't need to hear truth. Maybe they do. But you are no longer the person nope. who can objectively share it and who can, I think, represent Christ well because you have been emotionally compromised in that situation and you need to go take a, take a minute. Absolutely. So sometimes, I, I mentioned this on Facebook before, sometimes I think I'd either God or Facebook does that for me mm -hmm. when I'm like, oh man, and I'm writing all of these things and I'm checking sources and I'm trying to reference all of these things and I'm navigating in and out and I come back and it's all gone. Everything I wrote, completely <laughs> gone. And I'm like, well, probably didn't need to write yeah. that. <laughs> and I just don't, I, I just don't rewrite it. Scripture tells us um, to have a defense of the hope that lies within us. Like it tells us that when somebody asks you, Anna, why do you believe the way that you believe? Or even more harshly, I think what you believe is real stupid and I can't understand why any rational thinking human being would believe in such a cockamamie fairy tale. That's the point where you go, okay, well, let me tell you why I believe what I believe. What you don't have to do is to yell at them and berate them and tell them how stupid they are for not believing the things that you believe. Mm -hmm. I'm a person that it's never been hard for me to believe. I don't struggle with doubt. This is not, please do not hear me. This is not bragging or anything. This is my personality. This is who I am. This is really something that's been legitimately hard for other people to deal with when it comes to me. I think it, some of it's a personality that like I struggle with doubt, but I'm an overthinker in every aspect of life. I am a classic so. underthinker for sure. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> but you know, I mean, it's it's one of those things where I have never I've never been like, oh, well, I just don't know if Jesus is real or if if God is talking to me. I've been mad for Him speaking through you. I do recall that. But I have never I've never been like, well, if God's real, He will talk directly to me. In an audible voice. Uh, yeah, no, nothing ever like that has ever happened. If, you need a sign. If and when you find people like this, and maybe you already know this person or series of people in your life, it's not your job to argue them into the kingdom of heaven. So don't try because you're just going to end up looking like an idiot. Yeah, I think sometimes we just need to be like, you know, sounds like you have your mind made up. And if you want to have an actual conversation about it, yeah, I'm willing to do that, but I'm not going to do this. Yeah. <laughs> this is just going to go nowhere. Yeah. Be- I, and, and I love you too much to have this kind of conversation with you because I want to still be able to, you know, have conversations in the future. And I think that we all have people in our lives that just want to argue, period. Doesn't matter what you say. I, ha- I have these moments in my life too, where Anna will say something and I'll be like, I know what I could say just to have an argument, just for no reason at all. You want to fight with just me? To, you want to put them up, bro. Let's go. And, but these are people that like for everything, they just have a rebuttal for yeah. almost no reason at all. Other than just to, this is how they make conversation. The, yeah. They're the, they're the chaos element. Absolutely. And I think sometimes too, we tell ourselves that that's good. Oh, I'm just being honest. Yeah, they're they're a chaotic neutral. I just I I have to this is my personality. I have to say what I think. No, yeah, you, really you don't. don't. Yeah. No, you do not. There's a such such thing as a filter. Yeah. Um, well, and I think too if we look at Jesus example, he spent very little of his time arguing that we have documented. There were people in his life who were actively on that train. Oh yeah. A, a bunch of them. And most of the time he was able to shut it down with a couple of statements. Yeah. Which we are not him and we don't know. We can't we can't just know in our hearts without the Holy Spirit, which, you know, we talked about how we need that. Yep. Um we we can't just know what their motive is, the way that Jesus could right. cut straight to the chase. Absolutely. But I I think sometimes we can, you know, and I think um, if we look at his example, he just didn't, he didn't spend time arguing the kingdom of heaven. No. He spent time, you know, he shared truth and he talked about a lot of things that were completely upside down and backwards. Mm-hmm. And I think in a way they still are backwards to what people are used to, but a lot of it in our day and age, there are a lot of things that Jesus taught that are valued, like ethics and um, love and peace and yeah, all these yeah. things and and justice and um, treating people fairly and mm-hmm. all of these things. Um, those all those all come from God, and we talk a lot about them. But where it is different for us now is that now people are watching to see what you actually do. Like they know what you say on Facebook, yeah, but they will just sit and watch you, and it and they don't care what you say on Facebook. I mean, they care enough to argue with you sometimes, <laughs> but if point. if you are around them long enough for them to see you actually back it up 
back up what you said Mm -hmm. with your actions, they know. And that's what they're waiting for. And that's the thing that's actually going to sway them any more, more than the arguing ever could have done. Yeah. So don't argue with them at all. Don't do it. Don't. It's not worth it. It is a deep, dark hole um, that will actually push them farther away from Jesus most of the time. And it will also destroy your witness faster than anything in the world. Um, Yeah. Especially when you start arguing about things that have no scriptural basis whatsoever. You like who to are vote for in the next me? election? Well, I was gonna I was gonna go more divisive. You enjoy the recent Star Wars films? Are you some kind of idiot? <laughs> you know, like if somebody I'm not saying that. Don't hear like, but like that's a legitimate argument that I hear. Oh my a goodness! Lot. So many people argue about it. And you know what you can't do? Talk to that person like a normal human being. You you you've grown no you're going nowhere with that person. Well, fast, again, that's let alone that, to Jesus. Yeah, that's back to that drawing lines, um, and you've destroyed your common ground. Well, I can't have anything in common with you anymore yeah. because you because you like those things, and apparently you're dumb. Yeah, politics <laughs> are a huge line in the sand too. Um, if you are a Republican, you find some find out somebody else is a Democrat. That may be the last thing you know about that person ever. You might block them, you might mute them, you might unfriend them, whatever. Yeah. I would encourage you to not to do that. What if every single thing they post is political? Then it's probably fine. <laughs> but Sometimes I'm like, I got to cut that negativity out of my life. I don't even care who yeah. you're voting for. Just stop. Yeah. The love. Well, it is an election year, so. I know. Um, so here's the deal. Like, just don't argue with people. Hear them out. As a person who doesn't... Um, Like I said, I don't battle with, uh, you know, doubt or anything like that. It's cathartic, I guess, is the only the only word that I can think of. Like it's it it intrigues me in a deep way to listen to Rhett and Link talk about how they lost their faith. It doesn't drag me down that road. It helps me understand how somebody couldn't or the things that led them away from that. And I'm like, okay, well, those are the those are the roads I need to stay away from. Again, that's not, a, that's not an issue that I deal with. But to me, it's interesting because if I were to ever sit down and have a conversation with them, whether it's about spiritual things or not, like I already, I have things in my brain that I'm like, okay, I understand this person a little bit more. I kind of know the things to stay away from or the things to move towards or how to shift a conversation to, to go down that ethical line that we talked about last week. Um, and if you're, you know, going through excited to share with us, like we've recommended, um, you kind of, you kind of understand a little bit more of the ethics of how to share Jesus when the conversation comes to that. And if you were just to go into that conversation without knowing anything about Rhett and Link, not knowing anything about their history, not getting, not taking the time to know them in any way, shape or form. And you were to jump into, well, if you die today, do you know where you go? You boy, you just stepped on a landmine. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna end bad for you. You're Real gonna bad. at worst, or I'm sorry, at best, lose that leg. You know, yeah. like it's it's not going to end well for you. And so, just don't it's like like those guys who tried to um, cast demons out in the name of the God of Paul, and then they bingo. Yeah, Paul, I know. Apollos, well. I've heard of. Who are you? You know. <laughs> Um, got you know, more than they bargained for that day. So anyway, like it's just don't argue. It's 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 not worth it. 
it is just not worth it. And God's not going to go, well done, my good and faithful servant. I will say this, even though I talked about seeing Jesus, Jesus example, there is one guy in the Bible who was willing to throw down and argue with people. And that was Paul. Well, of course. I, of course it was Paul. That's a whole another podcast series for me. But he but you see there was a pattern to the kind of people that he was willing to argue with versus not argue with. Yes, and if we do go down that road, I will tell you why I'll, sometimes I take issue with Paul. I know you do. I'm not I'm just I'm speaking to the the listeners here. Sometimes I take issue with Paul and then we got to a point in Acts where I was like, "Oh, that's probably why." Because you are Paul. Because you. Because you. Basically, Paul's an eight. I'm an eight. Um, <laughs> I see. But I haven't gone through all the things that he's gone through. Anyway, I know we're not talking yeah. about that. Um, the last point that we're going to make here, and we've said this a thousand times, but it bears repeating. We've mentioned this ad nauseum. People are people, not projects. So, go back and listen to last week's episode, episode seven of Church Nerds, and we talk all about relational evangelism. We've mentioned it here. This is going to help you understand exactly how you can inject a little bit of humanity and ethics into your approach of thinking, hey, these are people that we're dealing with and not just another notch on my Bible. People who are valued by God. Oh, absolutely. And, and worth. Yeah. Worth things. Yeah. You know, Do you go back to, to John 3.16? Again, we keep saying this. This is the reason you know, for God loved the whole world so much that he came here and died for it. Like, that's important. You have to understand that even that person you, ha you hate, if you're a Republican, that Democrat, if you're a Democrat, that Republican, that, that Star Wars, you know, uh, you know guy who likes the, the new trilogy, if, if that person is a person you disagree with, you've got to understand as a Christian, that person is someone who Jesus died for so that they would have the opportunity to come to him. And to accept the same thing that you know to be true, this truth that Jesus just is the thing that heals all wounds. He is, he is the spiritual salve on the world and our lives. And if you can't get to a point where you can treat people like they matter, then you will never be able to share truth with them. Go back to the bridge analogy from last episode, all that stuff. Like You will never be able to even get the truth to them, let alone share it with them, give them an opportunity to accept it and bring them back across the bridge so they can get closer to God. Like you will not be able to get there until you take the time to treat that person like they matter. I think, um, and this is really deep for one second about this. Um, when I was a teenager, I was studying the Ten Commandments, and I and my parents had given me this uh, Greek Hebrew keyword study Bible. Still have it. Still love it. Okay. Um, and I was looking at Old Commandment number three: mm. "You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain." And I and typically we're like that means no cussing, no swearing, no swears. You can't. You better. Don't say OMG because, <laughs> um, and I remember when Nene was, she was going around saying, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. She still says, oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, she was not saying, oh my gosh, like a couple of times she experimented and I do shut that <laughs> mess down. Like I don't let my, ch my children say 
the name of the Lord in vain, people, but um, was sort of dissecting what that actually means. And what I came away with, you know, studying contextually and in the in the language, you know, um, was what it it would be more accurate, I think, to say. If you are carrying the name of the Lord, carrying the name of Christ, and then you act in ways that are disappointing the hope that rests in that name mm-hmm. is I think more what God was talking about when he was talking about taking his name in vain. Like you're carrying my name with you, but then you're acting like something completely different. Right. And I think that sometimes we can do this when we're sharing the gospel that we treat people in ways that are not how he wants that is not how he would have treated that person and so Uh, in a sense are we is it possible that in our evangelistic efforts we could be taking his name in vain and that is a very sobering um thought to leave everyone with um as we take a break for this segment yeah i think so and I agree with you. So we, we go to a lot of conventions with Love Thy Nerd. And when we were game church, we went to even more because we just were game church for longer. And we would always see people outside of the conventions that were just screaming and Banner, damning. Banners and signs. and Yeah. They were, they were doing all these things that were telling people that were coming in. And I know you've mentioned this here before, Anna, that were saying, hey, you're Turner Burn. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there are, the reckoning is coming, all sorts of stuff. Like we've, we've seen it all. You mean like the reckoners? Like, Not the reckoners, okay. which is a fantastic game and book series by uh, Brandon Sanderson. But these, these Christians, again, I'm heavy air quotes here, you know, people that feel like they're doing the work of the Lord in this um, are saying turn or burn, basically. And just today, a friend of mine who's not a Christian posted something in his Facebook feed that was, um, and I'll try to remember to, to share this as well. It was a picture of, you know, a guy in a sweatshirt that is just full of all sorts of stuff. Um, see if I can even read it here. Uh, it says, repent, hellfire ahead, Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Um, this is just on his sweatshirt, and he's got a big banner that says, believe, trust, follow, obey Jesus, each word on its own separate line. Huge banner. Okay, so that's kind of in the background of this picture. Mm-hmm. What's in the foreground of this picture is people that are dressed in like black robes and wearing, you know, like really almost over the top cartoony like Satan masks mm-hmm. with a banner around their their neck that says free hugs from Satan. <laughs> and oh, no. I look at that and I go, oh, oh no. man. We missed it. Missed it. Totally time. missed it. And of course, like all the comments are like, ha ha ha, I like hugs, all this stuff. And I, Well, my, because, because when you look at, I mean, just, yeah. Is there anything more backwards in the world than that? Yeah. Like, it, I mean, it was low-hanging fruit for, for those people. Because they're are, trolls. Yeah, they're not Satanists. No, they're not they're trying to you know, bring people to the Dark Lord or anything but it, like that. But, in a, but it's a statement that's Absolutely like, I would rather hug Satan than be around you. Absolutely. And that's the kind of odious stuff that you 
you kind of put off. That's your aroma when you don't treat people like people. When you don't, mm. you treat them like they're, they're projects and you don't care about that person. You don't love that person. There's nothing in there about that. I, my comment on that was, this is exactly why Love Thy Nerd exists. Well, this is why we have to. Like, because we need to be able to show people that's not it. There's so much more to, because there's so much more to Jesus and, and scripture and Christianity and this religion that we, we have, this relationship that we engage in with Jesus, then, well, if I accept what you say, then I got to go to places and I got to hold signs and I got to do that. Like that, because I don't, I don't know anything else other than what I'm seeing you right. do right now. You know, so that's kind of what it puts off when you, when you're not relational with people at all. When people can't see, they can't point to anything loving that you're doing. They can't point to anything that even you are saying about Jesus. Well, and then it's like, and these people are shunning me and just at, at you know, another jewel for the crown. <laughs> yeah. It says, blessed are the, those who persecute you for my sake. Yeah. And um, the lovely Sharon Stone, my mother. Blessed are those who are persecuted it's for a, my sake. It says. Not who persecute you. Oh, yeah. Did I say? <laughs> yeah, not the persecutors. The, right, yeah. The persecutees. Um, she would tell me, um, just make sure that you're being persecuted for Jesus' sake and not for obnoxious, obnoxious sake. Yeah. yeah. Obnoxiousness sake. Absolutely. It's usually the former, not the latter. We are the... The latter, not the former. See, Wait, I did what? what I did. What you what said. What are you doing? It's it's usually that <laughs> so we are confused. being obnoxious. We're being obnoxious. Yeah. Um. I, we are not. We're not even taking up our our cross because of Jesus. We're taking up our cross because of us. Yes. The reason I want to stand up. Our own. Yes. I want to argue about Christianity is mm -hmm. because you hit something. You mentioned it earlier. You yes. struck a chord with me, not necessarily because God's like, all right, uh, this is your kill word. Sick him. <laughs> you know, that's not what's happening. And so we want to kind of help you guys understand our approach. This is not the be all end all. Like I said, there's going to be time for one-on-one -on -one personal stuff that happens in the moment. We call it like airplane evangelism and, and stuff like that. And we know, we know people that, that are very effective at that. But that's how God works in and through them a lot of the time. And that's fine. We want to help you understand that as you go throughout your daily life, whether you're in your gaming group or you're bringing new people into your small group at church or you're at work or wherever, like these are three things that you can do to share truth with them. This is the truth. This is the actual evidence of the hope that lies within you. And I think that this truth, again, nine times out of 10, it's them getting to see you live a faithful life to the Lord Yep, is the truth that they need. Absolutely. I mean, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense at all for sometimes us to ask for, for proof or whatever from God. Because a, a lot of us out there will say, God, if you're real, please do this. We have those Gideon moments. God, if you really want me to do this thing, you know, make the dew land all the way on the outside um, and not on the, on the fleece. And then, hey, if you really, really, really want me to do it, do it the other way. We were at a church. Um, this is a small story for no reason. We were at a church uh, in the Hill Country when we first got here, and the kids in the youth group did a video, and it was about Gideon and that story and all sorts of stuff. Do you remember? I don't, it was, rem I don't remember this, it was, it was the, their interpretation of that, their reinterpretation of it was, God, if you're real, 
um, make this buttered toast land butter side up. You know, like it was, it was one of those really weird, crazy things. Um, but anyway, we do that in life. So it only stands to reason that maybe when we share truth with other people, they would want to see some proof of this truth. Like it just, to me, it just stands to reason that, that they would want to see it. So when we can't show that truth in our own lives, like, hey, you're supposed to love everybody. And then we're out there just like yelling at people and telling them they're going to hell. They don't see the proof of that love. So if you're going to carry this truth, if you're going to take the name of the Lord with you wherever you go, don't take it in vain. Show them exactly how Jesus would act in every single situation in your life as best as you can. Be a, be a person who practices passive discipleship. Just know scripture and know God so well that it just oozes out of your pores. Like this is who you are. It's not something you do on the weekends or when you're with your other Christian friends. Like be Jesus to people in every situation. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's the hard moments because the hard moments, the testy moments, those are the ones people really, really watch. Oh, yeah. And those are the ones that they will come back and be like, Wait a second. But when you make it a part of who you are, right? then it, it, it's out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks mm-hmm. kind of a deal. I like to, to also use this, um, this quote from St. Francis of Assisi, which gets ripped to shreds a lot. Um, he says this, and he was a real crazy dude. Like just do, Google St. Francis of Assisi. He did some, some questionable things. But one of the things that he said was, at all times, preach the gospel. And if necessary, use words. And I feel like that's been misinterpreted as you don't ever have to say the name of you Jesus. You have to talk about it. The way I, I see that and the way that I imply that, um, uh, implement that into my life is I'm just going to be Jesus all the time. Well, St. Francis of Assisi, who was saying this, was also living. His lifestyle was quite different. A little bit, yeah. Kind of like John the Baptist. It was like you couldn't not talk about it because yeah. they were going to ask you about oh, it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> So think about that and how, what, are, what are some things about your life that you can change to become a less odious person? <laughs> Woo. Hey, just come no, that was specific. It. I was asking you specifically, not Me? the listeners. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Okay. Everybody, we, we do. We need to think about that. Like how, how can we be a sweet smelling aroma for people around us so that they kind of want to be around us and we can talk to them about these things. And maybe that just starts by changing the way you carry yourself, changing the, the, the lines in the sand that you draw. Maybe it's less political posts. I don't know. I'm not here to... I think the Lord did say that. I think he said, stop posting about the election and that the was, candidate of choice. That was 11. That was commandment 11 when you were <laughs> studying. Thou shalt not post politically on thine Facebook. Um, but hey, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to have our nerdy recommendation of the week. So sit back Woo-hoo. and uh, listen to some sweet tunes here on Back Row Radio. Well, we are back, and to close out the show, what we're going to do is the same thing that we do at the end of every one of our shows. We want to share a recommendation. Sometimes it's nerdy, sometimes it's not. This week, it 
is nerdy. All right, Anna, what do you got? Uh, okay. So I, I, I don't have this product. Just to be clear, I have not purchased this product, but it's one that I've been drooling over for quite a while. Oh yeah. Um, calamitywear.com. Um, calamitywear, like. W A R E like flatware. Right. Got it. Yes. Um if you're familiar if you like china or porcelain, it's really porcelain. Yeah. Um and you're familiar with the blue willow pattern, which is that like classic blue and white. Kind of when you think of blue china, it's what you think of. You you're thinking of the right thing. Right. Uh well, this is it's like blue willow except it has nerdy things all over it. Um so things like um, robots destroying the world or pterodactyls flying around instead of like the three little birds that are. So this blue willow pattern, there are specific things like lots of different companies have done it, but it always has to have these certain things like it has to have um, a bridge and it always has these three little fishermen and, you know, all these certain things. But they have taken their own spin on it, which is not Blue Willow proper, but it is awesome. And um, ever since I saw them for the first time, I was like, this is the perfect, like, this is Bubba and me. Oh, yeah. On a teapot. Uh, yes. It just sums up our relationship completely. Now, it's pretty pricey. Um. I mean, if you want a 12-piece set of this stuff, you're, it's on sale right now for like $765. Oh, yeah, just... You don't have to get 12 full sets. Pennies on the dollar here. You could just get, you know, a set of four mugs, conversation pieces that are just like this subtle but kind of classy little piece of nerd. Keep and you're it classy, like, yeah. You can have robots. You can have dinosaurs you can have sea monsters you can i mean a vortex <laughs> or aliens all kinds of different things that you can get um and they are delightful i'm holding out this isn't so much as a nerdy recommendation as like someone please buy me a teapot yeah. dude let's go please. i really want it um or or some mugs so if you are looking to prove your love to me out there <laughs> <laughs> Here's your chance. But it is awesome. While you are drinking out of your calamity where tea cups or teapot, you should also play Dinosaur Tea Party. You should. If you don't have Dinosaur Tea Party, it's super fun. It is a this is an extra bonus. Don't worry about it. You're welcome. Um We have talked about it before. I have think we? we talked about it in episode one. Dinosaur Tea Party? Um, yeah, because we were making some recommendations of like games that you can play with your family. Hmm. And yeah, so I basically it's kind of like Guess Who a little bit. Yes, it is. It's the evolution of Guess Who. It's But you have dinosaurs. to talk in an accent. You have to speak in a British accent yep. and channel your Lady Mary Crawley. <laughs> um, dinosaurs in like hats and bow ties and monocles and... Um, drinking tea and eating adorable little pieces of cake <laughs> on lovely damask backgrounds. And your little guesses are tea bags. Yes. So, yeah, 
Official recommendation, locking it in. Official recommendation for things for you to purchase for us is... Or for yourself. I'm sure you'd <laughs> like it. Who could not like it? Go to calamityware.com and look at their porcelain sets of things and tell me they are not amazing. I dare you. I don't know that we need a full set. I'm just going to put this no, out no, here. No, 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 no. Really don't. I wouldn't object, but we don't need a full teapot. set. Teapot. Like yes. if I were to buy you something, it would just be the teapot and we would be happy yeah. with it. Well, because nobody, something, yeah, again, full happened. stop. Nobody needs a full set of Chinaware. I have enjoyed our Christmas set. No, we're using that for like everyday use though. I know, but it, the China shouldn't. that we have, that's from your family, your great, great, whoever, whatever. Yeah. I don't even know where it is. I have, I've wanted to donate that so many times. Um, we did it already. already Sweet Lord, thank you. Because what happens with China now? I'm sorry, I found my soapbox, and I'm just going to stand on it for a second. What happens with China is that you get it, and you have you're like the guilt keeps it in your house, and you never use it because you don't ever want to chip it or get don't it broke. Talk to me about things that you keep without How using. Dare you? Because this is different. Our game shelf. Don't you dare talk about my games like that. <laughs> I'm bringing. Up right they can now. hear you. The games? They can. It's you like, don't have to keep them out of guilt. They're like Toy Story sentient. I have to. Okay. Oy. Anyways, not to bury the lead. Calamityware.com. It's dope. You should get some. Um, but hey, uh, thank you guys for hanging out with us a little bit today. I hope you got something out of our conversation and just remember that you can get this on podcast. So if you go to backrowradio.com, there's a fancy little button you can click right there. Or if you're hanging out in the Love Thy Nerd sector, you can go to lovethynerd.com and it'll be there as well. Either or you can find us. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can check out our articles and nerdy things that we have at lovethynerd.com and find our other podcasts and videos if you would like to directly support our mission and you know a, you do yeah become a financial not partner. just us specifically with, well you with can wear but oh are you talking for a place for them to send the teapot yeah i get mess, message me for our address <laughs> You can also do that. You can support Anna and I with. However, a you cannot claim teapot. it as a tax-deductible gift, no. like you could if you were to support, support LoveThyNerd.com. Yeah, you could. You could claim it, but you're going to get audited. So, <laughs> I don't recommend it. Uh, but Love Thy Nerd is a qualifying 501c3 nonprofit organization. So your gifts to Love Thy Nerd would be tax deductible. Your teapot gifts are just on you. Yeah. So please head on over to lovethynerd.com slash give and do that if you feel so led. You can also find us on social media at Love Thy Nerd on all major platforms. And as always, right here on Back Row Radio each and every Friday morning. Once again, I'm Bubba. I'm Anna. And we'll catch you next week for another episode of Church Nerds. And as always, if no one else tells you this, I promise it's true. Jesus, Jesus loves, loves you, nerd. nerd. Ha ha, I did it again. Did it again. <laughs>